All right, I'm here with my boy, Johnny Signorella on the Life Network. This is Kevin Perry. And uh, Johnny, how you doing? I'm doing great, brother. How about you? Oh, I'm doing really good. Uh, we, we're going to get into a little bit about um, pretty amazing weekend of boxing. Well, not all boxing. I mean, there was just really uh, one fight to talk about, right? Sapita and Baranchek. Oh, my goodness. Let's break this thing down, Kev. This was a slaughterhouse of a fight, as I call it, because those guys went to war. Oh, yeah. I mean, those those guys really um... – well, I mean, you, you know how I am. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty cheap, so I, I don't spend a whole lot of money on boxing unless it's like a big fight, and um, I don't have DAZN anymore. Um, haven't really been buying too many pay-per-views, but – I decided to dig into the coins I got in uh, my pocket. I paid $6, and I mean, I probably got 100 times worth it for uh, this bout between these two warriors. Um, go go in, uh, into that a little bit, John, on what, what you thought about uh, that fight. Those guys were gladiators. You know, when Zapita went down twice in the first round, I thought this fight was going to be over because I know Baranchek's style. He goes in there. He tries to take you out. He tries to go for the kill. You know, he's got good power. And then, to my surprise, in the second round, Sapita came out very, very strong and sent Baranchek down, you know, and ultimately going forward with advanced rounds, three, four, and five. And also, we have to consider there's so much to unpack here that Zapita had also gone down in round two and five. There were so many knockdowns in this thing, Kev. And the one thing that I took away when I was watching it in the second round, I knew it was going to be special. And then as I'm watching it unfold all the way to the completion, which we'll get to in a moment, into the fifth round, I'm like, I've never seen a fight at this weight class quite like this before with so many knockdown exchanges. I think it was official that it was eight or ten knockdowns, but there could have been a couple other ones that were supposed to be ruled knockdowns. I want to talk about Kenny Bayless. You know, I don't want to go there. I want to talk about the special uh, excitement that came from this fight. But at the end of the day, man, these guys really, really went hard. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, like I said before, I mean, if you're a boxing fan and you paid $6, I mean, you really got way more than your money's worth. And um, I kind of had a feeling. I mean, I just had a gut feeling. I mean, I talked to you earlier in the day and I was like, uh, I sent you a text message and I said, I'm going to get this, uh, you know, this ESPN plus fight. Or I told you, um, you know, to definitely check this fight out. And it was kind of obscure, uh, obscure match because it's between two contenders not a whole lot of promotion or excitement. You know, they didn't fight in front of fans. Um, so I think it was a little bit under the radar, but I think with boxing and I hate to go into uh, about UFC, but part of the reason why UFC's fights lately have been so exciting and entertaining, at least uh, more than boxing anyways, is because most of them are 50-50 fights with hungry fighters. And this was uh, definitely like an example of that. Um Two hungry guys just going in there. And I don't think they expected an all-out brawl that uh, they got. But 
I mean, I think the fans just got so much, and I, I think this really kind of pushed, um, you know, the boxing fan who got a, got a little, little bit uh, leery because of the uh, whole coronavirus uh, pandemic and everything, and people been sitting on their hands waiting for some action. And um, I think this has really brought boxing in the right direction. And um, this month of uh, October has some great fights coming up, which uh, we'll definitely talk about later. But that was definitely um, probably one of the best, or at least top five best fights in the last 10, 15 years, in my opinion. Boxing certainly needed this thing. Uh, you know, the whole fan fatigue, like Pedro Fernandez always said on Ring Talk Radio, he needed boxing Viagra during certain periods. And I was certainly there. And uh, I hate to compare sports um, when we talk about the UFC or even NFL. They're completely different sports, you know, baseball. But in those three sports I mentioned, the marquee players, guess what they did, guys? They come to bat. I'm going to watch the Yankees. You see me wearing this hat right now. The Yankees throw their first pitch at about five minutes from now. And I cannot wait to watch the Yankees. Um, they're showing up in boxing. It's like, we kind of get these guys that sign these big contracts and they're sitting on a lead and I don't blame them, dude. Like I get it. But the problem is we, we haven't seen the big names step up. We haven't seen marquee fights last night. We had a good one of the, sorry, on Saturday night, we had a good one on paper that really delivered with good names. If you're a diehard, like Kevin had said, he knew, he knew on paper, this was going to be a massive barn burner. And that's what's up. So when I tuned into that thing, again, I was in so much shock and awe of the exchange of knockdowns. Every single time one guy got dropped within minutes, the other guy got dropped. The guy that got floored got up and then dropped the other guy and floored the other guy. And the other guy got up and he dropped the other guy. There were so many times in a round where there was multiple knockdowns. Both guys went down, I think, in numerous rounds. Yeah, I, got, I, got, I, I, got, I got dizzy. It, it was insane. Yeah. I mean, it that, was, was, that was like the um, – and I think Bob Arum was even saying it too. That was uh, another version of uh, – George Foreman and Ron Lyle. I mean, it, it really was. I compared and, that to that same fight, too, like kind of on their way back, also. So, um, and and Zepeda had just come off of, um, I think a couple fights back, maybe three fights back, he fought uh, Jose Ramirez, who's a w, WBC champion. I thought he won that fight. Um, a lot of people this did. Was definitely like a crossroads fight. Um, basically a huge fight waiting in the looms for either guy. And both guys just really, um, even without a crowd there, I mean, it was amazing that they didn't even have a crowd behind him. And I mean, I'm glad you mentioned that the, the crowdless. Exactly. And there's two points I want to get at. You mentioned Ron Lyle and George Foreman, one of the greatest heavyweight fights of all time. Uh, Michael Moore, Burt Cooper, but those are heavyweights. They have explosive bombs. So you expect a lot of, you know, if they're throwing high volume, you expect a lot of people to hit the canvas. These guys, Baranchek and Zapita, 140 pounds. Oh, my goodness. They were laying it in. And we'll go to the finish, guys, in a moment about that fifth round, which was absolutely incredible. It was, like Kevin said, rock'em, sock'em robots, man. Like, it was 
unbelievable action. And when the fifth round had began, Zapita looked like, you know, uh, he was a little bit better, you know, even though that Baranchek had a good round in front of the fifth. And then Baranchek throws him down. And I'm like, Zapita's going to be out. This fight's going to be a wrap. And Zapita gets up. Next thing you know, Baranchek is on his ass. Ice cold. Like Marquez Pacquiao style. Yeah, that was... That was definitely uh, a, a pretty, uh, pretty nasty knockout. Um, I'm trying, I'm trying to pull up, pull up this uh, this photo right here. I mean, this was just kind of ridiculous. I mean, yeah, his leg when 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 the leg bends over, the knee collapses, and it, you know you got your foot under your ass. It's not a good look. No, nah, it was. So there, there's two knockdowns that in boxing are always a concern to me as an observer and also as a former trainer and fighter. When you see someone going face down first, never good. You know that's that's a bad one. When you see a knee collapse under, yet yeah, right there, that picture right there. Yeah, I mean that was that was pretty uh mm -hmm. pretty ridiculous. I mean, you could see his leg there. I mean. When you go down and you can't even brace your fall, I mean that's that's when you know you you pretty much got got the beat the beat down. You, you know what I mean? So my heart stopped. I, I felt really bad for Baranchek, and uh, I didn't watch the fight again until I realized that he was going to be medically cleared, which I believe he is. He's doing better. Um, I actually believe Zapita and Baranchek had the same hospital room together. Especially after a fight like that, I mean, shit, you got to go see a doctor. Um, because when I see things like that, I get very overly concerned. And when I saw him go down, because, Kev, let, let's talk real quick about, you know, we know boxing very well, obviously. That shot that Sapita landed on Baranchek in that fifth round would have knocked him down the same way in round one, two, three, four, and five. But... He gets hit with that shot in round five after a grueling fight. Damn. Like, all the punishment he took, all the knockdowns he suffered, which I think were like three or four of them prior to that, and then he gets hit with that. Oh, my. That's like yeah. getting hit by an assassin. He didn't see that shot. You could that was, totally. That was, that was pretty uh, That was that was pretty insane. Um, I, I kind of want want to get to another topic here um man but what, what a fight though i mean that that was something that just really got me pumped about boxing I, I was one of the best of fights i've ever seen in my entire yeah, life i mean it was it was pretty ridiculous um i kind of want to talk about just a, uh just briefly um a, a development that uh just came up in uh boxing uh terence crawford is gonna fight kel brook um, it's set for December uh, for the uh, WBO 147-pound title. I believe it's December. I might be wrong. It might be November, but um, we're kind of creeping close to December anyways. So um, just briefly, what what do you think? I mean, do you think that's a good fight? Or just give me um, real quick, maybe 30, 40 seconds on your thoughts about that one. Well, I love Crawford. Anytime he fights, I love to see him. Uh, what do I think about the fight overall? I think Kell Brook is in a lot of trouble here, you know. 
Uh, plain and simple, uh, you know, Cal had taken uh, a massive amount of punishment over the past couple of years against Earl Spence, Triple G, broken orbital wounds, all these type of things that happened to him. Uh, I think Crawford is just going to add more mess to his broken face. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, definitely an interesting proposition. Um, but I, I like Terrence Crawford, and I like Kell Brook. I think uh, Kell Brook is a very good opponent, um, considering uh, – and you got to be honest here. Um, what other top opponents could he fight? And this is quite possibly the best opponent um, that he's probably ever faced, especially when you consider um, – you know, at 147 pounds. So uh, definitely uh, a good top, uh, top-tier top opponent um, for Terrence Crawford. So It's I'm no secret. It. I know a lot of people yeah. think that Crawford's just going to blow through him. I mean, I would not be surprised if uh, Kell Brook uh, pulls it off, but it's going to be in the United States. So um, at least that's my assumption it's going to be in the U.S. So. It's no secret that Terrence Crawford have to beat him very decisively or win by knockout. And um, he's kind of on his way up and Kell Brook is kind of on his way down and he hasn't fought at 147 pounds in a while. So definitely from that perspective, uh, you just definitely got to go with uh, Terrence Crawford there. Um, Another fight that's coming up. um, This one is on. Friday, big fight. Um, I mean, big fight for considering, you know, uh, it's big stakes. Uh, WBO, uh, featherweight title. It was a title that Shakur Stevenson held. And now um, Emmanuel Navarrete, he was 122-pound WBO champion. He faces unknown Ruben Villa uh, for the title on Friday. So Navarrete is a pretty entertaining fighter. Give me some thoughts, John, on... uh, that whole thing and how you think that's going to turn out. I like Navarrete. He's a volume puncher. He's an action fighter. And that's what I love. I mean, my favorite fighters of all time, Evander Holyfield, Arturo guy, guys that just brought, you know, nuts and guts as they say it. Uh, I think it's an easy win for Navarrete. I'm glad that we're starting to see some name surface. Like eventually we'll have the Lomachenko fight. Against Teofimo Lopez, those are names, you know, that actually if you go to a grocery store and say, hey, you ever heard of Lomachenko? Oh, yeah, I heard of that guy. He's going to fight again. That's what I want for my sport. What they did, I'm going to go back to Baranchek real quick. And also what Zapita did is they put boxing back in the binds of not only the casuals, not only the diehards, but the hearts of people because they were watching Sports Center, they were watching what had happened there. You know, this fight, Navarrete, I love him. I think he's one of my favorite fighters to watch because I know he brings the action. This is what we got to do in boxing, guys. We got to bring the action. I call it the action and the passion. I threw that out there. I know it's a little Roy Jones. I know it's a little Roy Jones like, but that's where I had to go. Right on. Cool. So, um, wow. I'm, I'm looking forward to that one as well. Um, anything, uh, anything else, John, that you want to add before we, before we get going? You know, uh, I think there's a couple good fights 
at the end of the day on the horizon towards the end of the year that, you know, Earl Spence, Danny Garcia is something that I would have liked, you know, pre-pandemic, during pandemic, post-mortem pandemic. It's an intriguing fight. Um, a lot of people have issues with Danny Garcia. He has a very strong left hook and he doesn't really focus on his punches when he throws them, if that makes sense, guys. He doesn't really look at his target, but he throws with commitment and conviction, and he tries to get you out. Now, on the flip side, Earl Spence, man, he's taking on a really tough opponent after that crazy car accident that, guys, believe it or not, that happened about a year ago. And uh, I'm a huge Earl Spence fan, and – I think my two favorite fighters right now, if I had to put them out there, is Terrence Crawford and Earl Spence. Wow. What a great fight that would be. But I'd be so conflicted. I can't even go there right now because I, I, I don't know who to root for in that fight. I love both of them. But we're going to see what Earl has, you know, after this accident because that's the, the genuine curiosity a lot of people have. Like, and it's rightfully so, like, what did that accident take out of him? And what did the year plus layoff take out of him? And Danny Garcia in all of his major fights has failed. And even in some of his not major fights, a lot of people think that he lost, including myself. So it's a very interesting. That's the one on the map for me. Earl Spence, Danny Garcia. Wow. I mean, you, you really you really broke it down there, John. Um, so uh, I guess we're going to get going. And uh, it's all about uh, the Life Network with uh, Johnny C. And here we go. I could tell you. Go ahead. Run it. Run it. <laughs> uh. 